only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit Recorded live. Peace and blessings, brothers and sisters. And Brother Priest. And I wanted to take some time out to address a matter of the slander and apologies of one Alan Baker Bramwell that was conducted against us, Tribes of Aboriginal Nations, on Facebook. Let me make this clear before I even begin. I'm going to cover a number of different topics, and I hope to share some things with you all that may help you all to see something beyond the situation that has occurred with us and this individual, but look at our people as a whole. And I hope to cover some other things that will clear up our position as a nation or what it is that we do, make sure that there's a distinction, and hopefully give you all some information that you can be on the lookout for, that you can protect your loved ones and relatives from some of these activities that are going on out here that are harming our people. Alan Baker Brandwell went on Facebook and took some clips of one of our DVD releases and began to say things about us, Tribes of Aboriginal Nations, and about me, the maker of the video, where he wasn't talking directly about me, but he was talking about whoever made the video, and because I'm the one that made it, then it was addressed to me, just not directly, but indirectly. And he began to write on Facebook some of the things that I'm going to share with you. He told people to not join us. He told people that we were fraud, that our brother, who was on Facebook as Helion, Helion Obed, that he was an agent. And my understanding of it, because I didn't see all this firsthand, my understanding of it is that he took our brother's picture and posted it on Facebook and said that this brother was an agent.
And he began to address things that he saw on our DVD, uh, trailer for the DVD, stating that whoever the maker was, which is me, I'm Brother Priest, stole this information from Redemption Manual 4.5, that he personally knows the guy that wrote the Redemption Manual, and that he could call him up on the phone and could somehow debunk me. That I sold him nationalization documents that we as a nation, tribes of Aboriginal nations, are selling nationality to the people. And none of this is true. And I'm going to speak on some of this today. Hopefully I can get enough out about it. So I asked our brothers to invite him to open dialogue with me. So he and I had open dialogue, and it was recorded. And as I addressed some of these matters with him, he apologized to me. He apologized to the nation. Now, before I go any further, I want to make this clear. I 1,000% believe that this brother is sincere. I wholeheartedly believe that. I believe he means well, and I believe he has a good spirit. He's moving towards a direction of positivity. For anyone to be able to apologize is a major uh, step. When they recognize where they were wrong and are able to apologize for that, that is a major thing. That shows some type of genuine spiritual development and concern for our people as a whole. But the things that he said were slanderous because, number one, he did not pull us aside. He didn't pull me aside and actually get an in-depth comprehension. He approached it in a uh, debate-slash-battle type of approach. Now, if I say something that is incorrect, please forgive me because it's not to uh, slander this brother. I'm trying to stick to the facts as I know them to the best of my knowledge. But I do know that he went out and spread these things on Facebook without actually verifying them. I have him on recording um, addressing this. And he said that he receives a lot of different things and uh, that when he receives things about us or 
our little trailer video or what have you, and he began to address it that he he did do that, and he thought that he might have made a mistake in lumping us in the idea of what all these other people are doing out here. And because of that, of course, if you know that these things are destructive and against the people, of course, you would want to tell people to steer clear of that kind of stuff because it will hurt you. But the problem is you have to verify that the people that you're accusing this of are actually doing this before you go out and start to spread that. Now, over the years, what this individual did not know about us is that we've been probably the only voice and the original voice speaking out against this stuff that we call sovereign mythology. And all of that sovereign patriot movement is predominantly fraud. And that UCC nationality stuff is fraud. It has hurt so many of our people. And I have personally spoken against the activities, but not against the people. Because I'm a Hebrew, now some of you are listening to this, you may not have any respect for Hebrews. You might not like us. Do not make the mistake of lumping all Hebrews onto one category because we're not all the same. And whether you agree with the scriptures yourself or not, you can follow whatever walk of life you want. That is your business. But do not make the mistake to assume that we are all the same. If you don't know Hebrew history, particularly Hebrew history in this hemisphere and on this continent of North America, then you won't understand why there are different factions of the Hebrew faith amongst our people. Don't make that mistake, please. This is not a knock on anyone else. That's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is be very specific in your comprehension of whom it is that you are speaking of and about. But it probably would be better that we don't speak against people in general or groups where there are unverifiable things that we speak about. But because I'm a Hebrew and I follow the Hebrew faith in our moral code, I follow that I am not to go publicly speak about others, even in their shortcomings. I have a requirement to pull my brother aside and speak to them individually and one-on-one. And until I'm able to do that, if I am never able to do that, then I should not go publicly speaking about 
my brother and his shortcomings, if they may be some. I follow that. I take that to heart. And where there have been people that are in public that I can verify, some of your top set leaders, particularly in the more sovereignty nationality movement, that I can verify have harmed people. I have tried to reach out to them privately. Some of them I have met personally, and during that time I was not able to speak to them privately. And I have never come out in the public and said anything against them as individuals or their organizations, but I have spoken against behavior. I have spoken against what they do and have done to our people. And I refuse to come out here and start speaking against my brothers, even when I know that what they do is wrong, I will speak against what they do and not them, and I'm not going to point them out directly because of my moral life's code. I hope that that's clear. So I'm asking those of you who are listening to this from whatever walk of life you come from, I'm asking you to take a moment and listen past the fact that you know that I'm a Hebrew and that this is a Hebrew that you are listening to. If you have differences with Hebrews, set those aside. Don't look at me, don't look at us, or view this as coming from a Hebrew perspective. Look at this as coming from a perspective that you can relate to, whatever that might be. It is my attempt to try to make us, help us, excuse me, to comprehend as a whole the truths and the falsehoods of any of this stuff. Now, as this individual, Alan Baker Bramwell, went and said these things against us, all of which were untrue, and he had not properly verified them, I'm going to again say I believe that the brother is sincere. I do. I mean this from the bottom of my heart. Whether he and I may have differences is irrelevant. My plight with him, and I was very upset about it, and I was more so upset because of the attack on my brother, claiming him to be an agent. You can say what you will about me. If I know that is not true, I can live with that. But when you start saying things about my brother that are not true, well, then, obviously, anyone that loves someone else, you will want to defend your loved ones. As I spoke to this individual, Alan, Alan Becker Bramwell, he has some good points. He sounds very knowledgeable, and there were some things that he uh, brought up that actually were correct. I acknowledge that, but I did see that 
this comprehension had not come to a totality of what it is that he's talking about. Now, I've been around this and in this. I'm from Detroit. I've been around this and in this since the mid-'90s, before most of the people in America, well, let me say this, most of the people of Negroid stock, Negroes in America, whether they be in the Moorish movement, whether they be Hebrews or otherwise, before any of these people were really thinking about these things, I was being trained and educated by my teachers, and I was amongst this in the city of Detroit back in the 90s. A lot of this stuff did not come into the attention of our people as a whole until 2006, 2007, and beyond, and I'm going to explain what my interaction and contribution to that was And I hope that you all will hear me out. Now, I was introduced to a a lot of these concepts in the 90s, way before most of these people were even thinking about this. I wonder what you were doing in 1993, 1994, 1995. What was your mind then? What was your lifestyle like? And then think back to where you were, how old you were, and what you were doing, and what your thinking was like then. And then you have got to gather this. I had already been past that stage of the initial thinking because I was surrounded by this since those times. So once it started to spread across the country, I had had so much life experience by the end of being around this that I could see the fraud. So by the time that 2010 came around and I began to come out and preach this via internet podcasting, hoping to reach the four quarters of the earth to protect our people from any further damage, you got to understand, I didn't only just have 10 years from 2000 to 2010 of experience in it. Go back to the early 90s. 15 to 20 years of experience, of watching all of these different people claim to do sovereign this and that, being able to be guided and taught in a proper manner by my teachers, the elders of the order of Melchizedek, not to be confused with other groups that may have taken similar names. But my point is, They steered us away from it. They never used the term sovereignty as far as when they were teaching us, but we understood it. My teachers were taking people to courts down in the uh, southern regions in in the late 80s and 90s all the way up through the year 2000. They were taking them to courts. I vividly remember this. I'm going to share this again. I've said this on former podcasts, but I want to share something with you. There, uh, outside of Detroit, there used to be a universal mall. Now, now it's broken up to little 
Um, like it's like a strip mall type of area, and there was a dollar show. Now the dollar show still stands. Cinemark Dollar Show. It still stands, but the mall that was attached to it was cut off. But I remember this vividly because we would often go to that dollar show, and there was a movie that came out, which was The Shadow. And Time Cop, I think it was. So we're talking 93, 94. Brother comes in that was studying with our teachers, and he's going to see the movies too. And some of us, we were in the group, and then he came in with um, a companion, a sister. And he was showing us these papers, and I'm free, I'm free. He was saying, I'm free. The other brothers were aware of what he was talking about, and I wasn't so aware, so I couldn't really relate to it fully, but I could appreciate it. But I remember that. Now, I'm saying that that was in 93-94 time, okay? And my point to saying that is that's how far back I go with this, and I'm telling you that my teachers were doing this in the 80s. So before I heard of any of these people out here that's talking about this stuff now, you got to understand that Detroit and Michigan as a whole is flooded with these said sovereigns. Most of them, prior to the year 2000, there were very few Negroes involved in this stuff. It was predominantly Caucasian patriots. So I got a chance to see what these Caucasian patriots were doing in the 90s leading up to the year 2000. And then you have got to understand that most of the people that are talking this more sovereignty, nationality stuff, Hebrew stuff, they weren't talking that stuff before 2006. Most of them were not. And most of them were not really talking about it until 2010 and after being actually predominantly, definitely not those of the Hebrew world. They weren't talking about this stuff then. They only really started to talk about it the last two or three years. We had been talking about this stuff many years before that. That's my point. So I got a chance to see how this information was changing hands, who was dealing with it, and the origins of it. I got a chance to watch this come directly from uh, Patriot Sovereigns, beginning with really uh, Roger Elvick, who did the original Crack in the Cold book. And then it changing hands and getting into the hands of Negroes in Detroit, I have to say, around 2003 is where it really started to explode in Detroit with this crack in the cold, UCC filings. So I even had UCC filings done for me back in 2003. Now, you, you got to understand this is predating before this stuff started to spread across the country.
So I got to see that those who are claiming themselves as Moors, those who identify themselves as Moors, Moors, Muslims, and what have you, I'm not talking about those in the Moorish Science Temple of America because some of them got into that more recently, but the Moorish Science Temple never taught that stuff, that sovereignty fraud. But I got to see it change hands from the, the Caucasian European patriot to the hands of the, of the uh, people identifying themselves as Moors amongst us that are not members of the Moorish Science Temple, or maybe some of them are, but I'm just talking about those that are claiming to be Moors today or identifying, excuse me, themselves as Moors today. I got to see them basically as a whole take what the Patriots were doing and then add to it, just change it up and just say L and Bay as a suffix on your birth name and filing UCC documents and paperwork. And then all the stuff they were doing was nothing other than that Roger Elvick cracking the code Patriot Caucasian sovereignty or said sovereignty. That those Caucasian people have been doing it years before the Negroes got a hold of it, and most Negroes didn't really get a hold of it across the country until after 2006. And if you're being honest with yourself, you know that that's true. I'm talking about there were a few little pocket groups. Most of them are identifiable, and I know who they are, but, you know, I'm not going to speak on them to give them any type of um, publicity because they have been participating in misleading the people. And I don't want to further put their names out there. Listen, if you listen to what I'm saying, you'll understand. If I tell you what the stuff is that's fraud and you see any of these groups doing it, then you'll know who it is I'm speaking of, or you will know who to stay away from to protect yourself from getting caught up. And if you follow down that wrong path, you are going to be guaranteed a life full of hell. Since day one of me, myself, coming out and speaking and in raising this nation, tribes of Aboriginal nations, I have consistently spoken against that sovereign fraud while trying to help educate the people to be able to mentally differentiate between the actual law and the stuff that actually works in law and that which they call sovereignty. And I've also tried to speak about what it means to be in a caste system, C-A-S-T-E, and that you can be a free caste. 
So what you've been looking for in sovereignty as individuals or said sovereignty as individuals, there is really no individual sovereignty. Eventually, even if it begins with an individual, that individual has to deal with someone and something outside of themselves in order to really make this thing work. So there's really no individual sovereignty. There is individual freedom in societies that have slaves and what what is really a bond servant. And what I'm saying is a slave is a misnomer because we know that the word slave comes from Slavic or the Slavic people, or a slave is a Slav because of those European Slavic nations that were enslaved to our people in the Dark Ages and Middle Ages and in part of the Renaissance period. That term was brought over to America and North America because a lot of these people are descendants of those Slavics who were bonded as bond servants. So the term Slav or slave became synonymous amongst these European descendants. And that is why they use this term slave when referring to all matters of what is actually bond servitude. Some of you may not be familiar with what exactly bond servitude is, but the people are bonded at birth. I'm going to go into that a little bit later when I address some of the things, some of the other things that the brother and I spoke about. If you want to learn a little bit more about that, you can visit our website, tribesofaboriginalnations.com, and there's some things on there that you can read that may help you to be able to comprehend. But let me say this. Whatever walk of life you come from, you've got to stop letting people from different walk of life, walks of life, letting that block your ability to reason with facts and truth or with information, period. Stop letting it block you mentally and focus on the information and then attempt to dissect it by reasoning with facts and with truth that are verifiable. Not your opinion because you don't like what somebody else's walk of life is or what their said religion is or what their ideology is, philosophy or otherwise, because you don't like it, you allow yourself to be blocked from reasoning with facts and truth that may be presented to you by someone that is not under the same influence as you. So with me saying this, I've been involved in this long enough to have seen the transition and the origins of where the bulk of these people that are identifying themselves as Moors amongst us today, where it really came from. It didn't come from Noble Drew Ali, the Moorish Science Temple. Dr. York, right before he went to prison, 
and he is in prison. Was dabbling with some of these things, but let me make this clear. A lot of this stuff with this private citizen, sovereign citizen stuff had already been spoken of, on, and written about by Roger Elvick. And if I remember correctly, Roger Elvick ended up going to prison. But he wrote The Crack in the Code, or at least that's from the best of my knowledge. The original Crack in the Code, or the original idea of where this whole UCC stuff came from, began with him and that was in the 90s but by the by the year 1999 and the crack in the cold book which came out before the year 2000 but by the year 1999 and the year 2000 and 2001 that book was spreading across the country and influencing a lot of different people but most of them were Caucasian I would say 99% of them were Caucasian I have been exposed to that book, yes. I read parts of that book, yes. This is why I'm able to speak on these things in the way that I am, because in me reading it, I also studied it. And I was able to see things, some of it being true, actually, and some of it not being true. I hope to cover some of that stuff. I'll... Hopefully, I'll remember to cover it. I did write down some bullet points that I do want to cover. I'll refer to those uh, from time to time as I'm speaking here. But I just wanted to lay down some basic background so that you can see what my heart and my mind is and why it is a necessity that I address these things because some of the things that the that the, that the individual Alan Becker Bram, Bramwell said actually did negatively affect some people, and some of these people believed some of the stuff that he was saying. And the fact of the matter is. Unfortunately, not enough of our people are, are, are well enough informed to be able to know right from wrong or truth from falsehood in these matters. So it frightens them whenever they see somebody come up and say, hey, some, something alternative to what they're learning. Then it frightens them and they back up. And understandably so. But the, the the worst thing about it is that they start to believe things that aren't true, and they get scared off, and then they haven't had the opportunity to be well-informed or properly educated on these subject matters to even come to a conclusion of whether these things are real or false, true or false. So that's one of the scary things about our people because we are in such a delicate state of mind and a delicate spiritual condition that we're trying to decipher truth from falsehood. You get all of these different people coming from all of these different walks of life. What is this Hebrew group? What is this Moorish group? What is this nationalist group? What is this? 
Pan-Africanist group or Egyptologist group, so on and so forth. Where do I go? Do I fit in with the, the, the Muslims, the five percenters, the Panthers? Where do I fit in? For people to all be claiming they have the same enemy, this is just a side note, all be claiming to want the same thing for our people, mighty funny that we become enemies to one another while professing to be for the same causes and the same noble and righteous principles. There's something more in depth that is wrong with our people, with our approach to life itself, and with what the people are talking about as our remedies. I've been saying this since the very first day. Those of you have heard me personally, excuse me, individually spoken out via Internet. I was talking this stuff on the streets of Detroit years before I came out on the Internet. And a couple of years before that, I was known in downtown Detroit because a friend of mine had, they didn't know exactly what my name was or anything, but they knew my face. And a friend of mine had a uh, storefront down there, and I would be down there every day. And then eventually some people would see me talking about this stuff. I'd be outside the store, inside the store, and then people started to gather around, and then people wanted me to do classes on it. So sometimes we would go into the store. And we'd sit down and actually talk about it. So my face became known in downtown Detroit for talking these law matters. And a matter of fact, I'm not going to say who it is, but there was one brother whose son was drafted by the Dallas Cowboys, and he asked me to review his contracts. And so we sat down and we did it. 2011. And the players... Well, he's there. He Well, I'll leave that alone. Nonetheless, that's some of my background. Hopefully you can see that I haven't had just a few years in this. I've had an extensive half of my life being involved in this for at least 20 years. Seeing it, being around it, living through it, living around it, watching people get hurt. But my teachers taught us things that never caused us to go to jail over, never caused us to have anything but success. Anyhow, let me address some of these matters. The brother said that I stole or we stole from the Redemption Manual 4.5. My understanding of that is that the Redemption Manual was based on the Crack in the Code written by Roger Elvick, or there's other Crack in the Code books that weren't written by Roger Elvick. But the redemption manuals 
was based on the original theories that Roger Elvick and I'm sure some of the people that were around him were coming with. And that's dealing with the Uniform Commercial Code, filling out a UCC-1, a security agreement, and all that stuff that some of you now think originated with those who are identifying as Moors, and then you put the L or the Bay or whatever as a suffix on the on the um, secured party line. Okay, Dr. York, right before he was going to prison, uh, went to prison, excuse me, right before then, he was utilizing some of those things to try to help him stay out of prison. The secure party, the private citizen stuff. So that is how it started to, and that was in like 2003. I think it was 2002, 2003. Crack and the Cold came out in the 90s. But predominantly, 98, 99, and 2000 is where it started to pick up steam. Dr. York, with all due respect, was utilizing some of those concepts before it got to the masses of our people, or at least the said conscious community, and it was not working for him. And then from what he was introducing, so the Nawabians started to spread from him onward, and then other people started to pick up on that after, to the best of my knowledge. I'm not speaking in absolute, but this is my observation of how I saw this change hands from Caucasians over to our people. Side note, listen, by the way, I have friends in various walks of life. I have friends that identify themselves as Moors. I understand that we are the descendants of Moors. But because of my background and who my teachers were, I have a different outlook and viewpoint of it than maybe most of those people that are out there. And hopefully I'll get a chance to explain some of that today. So he said that we stole this stuff from the Redemption Manual 4.5. Um, it is not true. I was taught to always cite my sources, and to the best of my ability, I was taught that 20-something years ago, and I have lived my life according to that. So if you actually saw the complete video, you would know that in that video, I say where some of these things came from, which is the crack in the cold book, and I explain that because the thing is, the whole idea of the Wizard of Oz and the Wizard of Ounces came from that original crack in the cold, which was duplicated in several different books and ended up being um, in these redemption manuals. So I did not steal it. I cite that as the source, and I even further explain that there was something in that book that really caught my eye, which was when they were explaining the Uniform Commercial Code in relationship 
to the ancient Hebrew commercial code. So I took that study approach back in, I would say, what was it, 2001, all the way through 2006. So I was consistently studying on and off because of me having a Hebrew background. That caught my eye. Alan Baker Bramwell said that uniform commercial code relates to the code of Hammurabi and tried to discredit uh, what we're talking about, about the Hebrew commercial code. Listen, please do not be fooled, brothers and sisters, in the thinking because I personally put in this video Hebrew commercial code don't think that because I'm a Hebrew that I know nothing about the Code of Hammurabi or anything else in history. Don't think because I'm a Hebrew that I have a biased opinion of history. Maybe some of you do, and maybe that is the mistake that you make. But as I stated to the brother, I said, you can think or say that the Code of Hammurabi predates the scriptures you can say it predates Hebrew commercial code but just because something predates it doesn't mean that it is the same thing I'm paraphrasing by the way or that it was stolen or that it's not true that it comes from Hebrew commercial code that's an argument you make up, I didn't say this part to him, and I don't mean this about him, but that's an argument people make up in their own minds based on timelines. But you're confused about timelines. You can't deal with timelines unless you deal with calendars, and you can't deal with calendars unless you know mathematics and science behind the calendars. The science of how time is counted by what cultures and what calendars, that's a whole nother issue. But the bottom line is we got to stop making these assumptions that just because we think that something predates something else, that that means it is stolen or that it came from that other predating source. Does that mean that it is not influenced by that predating source? Of course, that's not what it means, but it doesn't have to be stolen or it doesn't make one false and the other true. It doesn't mean one is that uh, predates is true and the one that uh, uh, postdates is, is false or vice versa. So I said in the video that I studied that and I found it to be true. That doesn't mean that the other stuff is not true. We got to stop looking for things to argue about. We got to stop looking for things that we haven't studied, but we take the assumption that something that allegedly predates and validates something else. Because the truth of the matter is, listen to me, I mean this in the humblest, the most loving way. When you all really who are against the scriptures, particularly, when you all realize 
that some of your dates are not accurate, if you pursue those studies properly and you find that and then you find things that actually predate things that you thought were the most ancient, I wonder will you take the same approach? I wonder will you assume now that, wait a minute, maybe I've been teaching this Egyptology thing or this Pan-African thing or whatever, and I've been saying that this is the oldest date but I found other dates now that predate those things. Does that invalidate what it is that you've been talking all this time? I wonder will you take the same approach? Hopefully you understand what I'm talking about. I cite the source of cracking the code for being where I got the idea of the Wizard of Oz. And I catered this video to our people. That is why I use the whiz. And I give acknowledgement to those who wrote these crack in the cold books. So redemption manuals were actually the things that were stolen from Roger Elvick and the ones who were the original writers of the crack in the cold books to the best of my knowledge. As I stated, he said that we were selling nationalization documents. I do not sell nationalization documents. We do not sell nationalization documents, period. Listen, there are people that I personally know who have suffered from some of these said leaders of nationality and sovereignty and have directly or indirectly hurt my loved ones by their misleading said teachings, which are really a bunch of fraud. I know of I know exactly who these people are that actually do sell nationality documents. And there there are people, I won't even I'm not going to even say where they are. Listen, there there's one individual in particular that was selling nationality documents and probably still is for years. Let me tell you something. I know people that left Detroit to go see this individual, paid him for the nationalization document, and he showed them to me. One of the brothers that I know showed them to me, and there were several people amongst him that did the same thing. I witnessed the documents. And I know exactly how much they paid the guy. And that's one individual that I'm talking about. I've never done that, and we have never done that. There was one guy who's in one of these major organizations that um, 
most people know about is a representative who was claiming to be able to save people's houses and was charging people $5,000. And he rounded up a couple hundred people and charged them $500, I mean, excuse me, $5,000. They met at particular places. So a lot of these different people came from these different cities and states to meet with this individual. And they all paid their money to save their houses, and all of them lost their houses, and he ran off with the money. Now, I wasn't there to see him run off. So I'm talking about the people that are directly in my life now. At the time, they were not. So I'm talking about this would be, I guess you could consider this secondhand information, but it comes from the actual victims. The people who were injured by this. Listen, around 2008, 2009, probably, I would say more like 2009, a sister in, a, a sister of elder age that was in Georgia called my website. I, ha- I have a website that I have ran and asked me to get in contact with one of these leaders because she had sent in her money a year prior to that and never received her stuff. And I actually tried to contact them for her, and the numbers had changed. I know people personally that have purchased products from some of these groups. and never received their products. So if you hear what I'm saying, I can understand Alan Baker Bramwell speaking out against that kind of stuff. Who wouldn't want to share that information with your brothers and sisters to protect them? I get it. Just verify that these are the people that are doing it, but don't speak about the people. Speak about the thing until you can pull them aside, talk to them personally, or or whatever you need to do. Verify it. You just don't verify just by talking to them all the time. You got to find somebody that's been injured by it and uh, and get them as a source of evidence. I have probably to be very honest with you, I have access to hundreds, if not thousands, of people across this country, of our people who have been injured by this sovereign nationality madness and this UCC garbage. And I and we have been speaking out against that stuff. So to label us as those people, you don't know anything about us. You can't possibly know anything about what we talk about, what we teach, if you lump us into that category. Because from day one, we have been speaking against that stuff. I have someone who is close to me that paid this woman 
$30,000. She wasn't close to me at the time that this happened. Paid her $30,000 to help her save her house, and she lost her house. And I said, if you had that kind of money, why didn't you just pay the mortgage company? That would have saved your house. Following these alleged methods of uh, eliminating mortgages and discharging mortgages, can mortgages be eliminated? Yes, they can. Can you discharge them? Yes, they can. But the methods that have been used by these people has been fraud. You are being misled by these people or claiming these various remedies, what they actually are doing is they saw that there were others who were getting rich off of this stuff, and they went down that path to enslave and further destroy their own people. Let me tell you one of the most disgusting things about what's going on out there amongst our people. Here you have these Romans who got our people caught up in mortgage fraud, fraud where they were purposely targeting said minorities countrywide home loans, chief provocateur of racial profiling and predatorial lending came amongst our people and got them caught up in mortgages that they consciously knew were going to default. So they consciously entrapped our people. With all of that fraud that these people did to us, there was and is a remedy for some type of recoupment in matters of law, because Countrywide was basically sued, well, they were threatened to be sued by the FBI. Federal Trade Commission doing uh, uh, background research on it. United States government finally came down on them because they were acquired by Bank of America and made Bank of America cut a check to all of those people who had been harmed by the Countrywide predatory lending madness. That very thing that they consciously did almost brought America to its, its knees. America was literally hours away from a complete collapse due to that mortgage fiasco. In the end of the fiscal year of 2008, they were hours away. They narrowly escaped. But after all of the heartache and pain that I witnessed and went through some of it myself with what America had allowed to happen with Countrywide and as devilish and as demonic as that mortgage fiasco was, as evil as it was and still is for some of us, 
Some of our people are still suffering, even though they've gotten past those stages and moved on to new homes and new houses and what have you. Some of them went into apartments and moved out of states and moved with their relatives. And they're still suffering from broken homes and relationships, divorces, just social, mental, uh, emotional depression, mental anguish, nervous breakdowns from what took place with these mortgages and then following behind that you have our own people who claim to have had mortgage remedies in their so-called sovereign madness and they took advantage of our people and took money from our people claiming to be able to save their houses. And you are the very same people that called this man the devil and you knew you didn't have a remedy for them. You knew that what you were doing, you didn't completely understand. And you were feeding off of our own people, taking their money, claiming to be able to help them, and they ended up losing anyway. You are a despicable soul. And you point the fingers at others when you were the one hovering around the carcasses of our people that had a little bit of life in them left after what these Romans had done to us in this mortgage fiasco, and you were hovering around them, waiting for them to completely die, like the vultures you have been to your own people. And you had the audacity to claim to be conscious or noble or righteous. What is even more wicked about you and more disgusting about you is how you went as far as to kick our people when they were down, knowing you didn't know what you were talking about, and further trying to get rich off of them. Now, who's really the supremely wicked one in that scenario? I know of someone who was close to me, who wasn't close to me at the time, one of these top leaders that you called in that nationality sovereign movement cost them a $300,000 levy. Never owed the IRS prior to dealing with this individual and that or whatever the organization that they're with. And they ended up having to pay a $300,000 levy. This is what 
Alan Baker Bramwell, Bramwell was speaking against. And although that type of slander did harm us a little bit, it more so harmed the people that believed these things that were false about us, you can probably understand what I'm trying to say here as to why he was so passionate about speaking against these things because I don't know for sure, but I believe that he was either harmed or he knows people just like I know people that have been harmed for this, from this. Any of us that have been harmed for this would want to protect our loved ones and relatives if we care anything about them. And that is why I say his motivation for doing what he did is sincere. Nationality. Listen, let me let me say this to those of you. Most of you are learning from this stuff from DVDs and your said study groups. Most of you are learning from this stuff, learning of this stuff from YouTube. So the the brother says you can't take somebody's nationality away from them. Let me deal with that matter first. Let me say this. And let me say this plainly. You haven't come into a full comprehension of exactly what nationality is if you think that it cannot be taken away from you. Now, let me make this real simple so you can see this. We have our people who are walking around denationalized, who have had their actual nationalities taken from them and on the public record and in the law books this is not my opinion they are listed as having a nationality of American that's not my opinion so whatever they were and whoever they were before America is not what they are known of as in law today and then they don't even know enough to even know that that happened to them and then the ones that think that they know enough don't even know enough to actually remedy it because they're claiming to be one thing that they are not on the law books in the law records today they're making these nationality things up in their own minds Because they've watched some DVD. And then they've been convinced that they know more than the judges and attorneys and these people that have been practicing law for all of their lives and this whole Roman culture that's been practicing law against us or however they've been doing it for four and 500 plus years while we've been asleep worshiping idol gods. 
and you think you're going to watch a DVD or two or three for a year or two years or three years or four years, you you have people out there that believe that they can watch these DVDs and have superior knowledge knowledge to these judges and attorneys and what have you, and congressmen, and, and, and people that are in public service. You have had your mind poisoned. You have had your personality destroyed. You have had your mind destroyed, your spirit destroyed by the lies of your own people. And you have been convinced that the lies are the truth. And you were never properly educated, and you halted your education after you watched a couple of DVDs. You didn't get with the people on the DVDs, and then some of you did get with the people on the DVDs and then found out that what they were teaching this was fraud. At, well, you probably didn't realize it was fraud, but you kept going to jail. You kept losing your car. You kept losing your homes. Your relationships are breaking up. Your, your brothers and sisters, and now all of a sudden you can't even talk to your sibling. You can't even talk to your friends anymore. They are so haughty and arrogant, and they think they're above you to now. This stuff has littered spirits of our people. The fruits of the labor of it should show you that it's fraud. It should show you that it's wicked. And if you're going to be honest with yourself and you really look at this thing, you're going to see that the people involved have been destroyed. <laughs> Everybody that comes in touch that sovereign nationality madness has been destroyed. I'm saying you do have a nationality that you can identify with. But listen, if you don't really know what nationality is, and with anything, I, I say this repetitively, you must know the hows and the whys of anything before you are able to actually move forward with anything and have any type of success with something. You must know the hows and the whys. How does it work? Why does it work? Tell me where you ever learned how nationality is established and why it works in its establishment. Listen, what I'm not saying, claiming, I'm not saying a claim of nationality. How is a nationality created? See, what most of you are doing is trying to identify with a nationality that had already been pre-established. So whether you call it Moorish American or Israelite, whatever you call it, the only real people that are dealing with nationality or addressing it at all really are those that identify as Moors or those who identify as Israelites. Most of the other groups, I don't know of any others that are talking about straight-out nationality. Now, I know that they try to say they were Africans or what have you, but they're not dealing with actual nationality. They're dealing more with a generalized concept of who we are more than dealing with nationality as a specific 
My question to you is, how is nationality established? Created is the better question. How is it created? Why was it created? Listen, those who are in the Morris Science Temple, now look, I have friends that are in the Morris Science Temple. I mean, they're more like acquaintances, but, you know, they're my brother nonetheless. These are my brothers nonetheless. People that I've sat down with over the years, and I have people like that that are on various walks of life. Explain to me where there was a Moorish American 500 years ago because there wasn't. That started with the Moorish Science Temple of America identifying one oneself as a Moorish American. Now, the truth is, if you're not with that temple and you're claiming to be a Moorish American, that's fraud. That's legal fraud. You have to actually be a member in order to claim yourself as a Moorish American. Now, when Noble Drew Ali is talking about it, and I respect Noble Drew Ali, it doesn't mean that I agree with everything. Don't have to. I respect him, and I respect what he taught and what he did. And I'm not going to come out here and attack him or what he taught or what he did. I'm not going to come out here and attack a man that's no longer amongst us. Can I critique it personally and amongst me and my peers? Yes, I can. That's a whole other issue. If you're a Moorish American and he's writing his documents, what is your nationality, Moorish American? Whom is he talking to? Those who are members or those who are joining? Because, in essence, 700 years ago, even before the formation of the United States of America, there were no Moorish Americans. All of that aside, unless you comprehend how nationality is created, you don't really have the tools to even speak on it or conversate on it and gather a full comprehension of it. That's my point. Are you born free and born a sovereign? Listen to me. I've been around this for so long that I know that that's the terminology that those Caucasian patriots were using even in the 90s. Let's reason with this. Because now this has been brought over to our people in the Moorish movement and they're addressing the questions of, or really it's not a question, but they're stating, you're born free. You're born a sovereign. Okay, now let's really examine this. You know what? 
you can go pick an apple off an apple tree, right? Inside the apple is a seed, right? Take the seed out, put it in the ground, it's going to produce another apple tree, right? A seed produces after its own kind. So a slave is going to give birth to what? A slave. A bond servant is going to give birth to what? A bond servant. And as I said with the brother, our people are born into an incorporated status. And his argument was dealing with, you're trying to tell me that we're born slaves? No. The straw man is what makes us slaves. Now, listen. If a slave gives birth the child is born into a slave status with or without documents. Make this clear. With or without a name. With or without a title. Your babies are born in a Roman hospital into a country in a government controlled by Romans. Then given a Roman name by their parents. Many of you that are in this thinking are actually on public record legally known as the same slave names are those that you are saying are your former slave masters. How in the world are they your former slave masters when you give yourself this fictitious nickname that you're just known by, but in actually the in the actual real world, you are legally and lawfully known by the slave master's name. Now, let me show you a little more clearer, hopefully. There's no way in the world you will ever convince me that a child, a newborn, cannot be born a slave. And it's because my comprehension of it has come to a totality, and my awareness of it has grown into the spiritual realm. Now, hopefully, I can help you all who have been believing this see something a little differently. A child is born helpless. It can't feed itself. It can't walk. It can't defend itself. It can't communicate verbally with you. It can't even express itself mentally, fully, clearly, it is helpless. So it is not only just helpless, but it is born into a condition that it can't even defend itself. So it is relying upon someone to care for it, and that is their quote-unquote parents that gave birth to them. 
And as the child grows, the child must take order, direction, discipline, education from their parents first. So because we don't comprehend the difference between slavery and bond servitude, because we don't understand the divinity and why this is implemented on this earth and in this universe to begin with, you have got to comprehend that the real truth behind it is that all of us must surrender and answer to a master teacher, to someone that is a master over us, to someone that we must adhere to. And it is first our parents. But even with it being our parents, if you're born in a hospital, it's these Romans. Because as soon as you come out of the womb, they take you from the mother that you come from. Where are your people and your hospitals that allow your children to be born amongst your own people, amongst your own nation, and declare your own live birth for your own records? And because you are in this new awareness of what it means to have a nationality, the totality of it has not come into fruition so you do not see these things that are really the bulk of the matter, and therefore you don't see why, in fact, a slave gives birth to a slave, a bondservant gives birth to a bondservant. Legally, lawfully, and spiritually. Now, I'm saying just a little bit to get your mind working. Take it or leave it, agree with it or not, but if you start to reason with it, then it's going to start to make more sense to you the more you study it and comprehend what's actually going on on this earth. You are required in nature and in natural law by nature's God to govern yourself in your own government, by your own people, with the same nation, therefore the same nationality. You are required in law. Birds, red birds or red robins, that is what they are. Let's use the red robin as their nationality versus the blue jays. The blue jays are their nationality. You don't find red robins being born amongst blue jays. But when you are born amongst the foreign people and you believe that you have some type of freedom that you don't have, you can't control your own life, you can't control the water that goes into your body, in general, you can't. The education, the food, you don't run your own government, have your own hospitals, your own doctors, your own body of law. As a nation, how in the world are you born free when you are foreign and your your parents are slaves and you're foreign to this nation that rules over them and rules over you and you are helpless at the time of your birth? And you are helpless for a number of years after you are born.
So, think about that. And when you arrive, if you arrive, at the knowing of how a nationality is created and why it is created, and you are listed on public record right now as your nationality being American? What happens when these people, these Romans that are in America, go over these other countries and have war against them? What happens when they conquer them? What happened when the Spaniards conquered, through the uh, Spanish Inquisition, conquered the natives in the, of the Western Hemisphere? What happened to them? What happened to all the natives over in the Western Hemisphere when America came over to this land? This is going to be shocking, but I'm going to say it. Nationality is created for the purpose and ability to be removed from you. And you will not understand that. And you will argue this in your own mind. And you will look for law books and all of these different things, but it's something that you got to know the how it is created and the why it is created to understand what I just said. And until you arrive at that place, you're not even qualified to even speak on it. This practice has been going on for centuries. It did not originate with America. America is not the inventor of bond servitude, which all of you mistakenly call slavery. Most of you anyway. And the point that I'm trying to make about it is that because of the misconception of bond servitude versus slavery, you absolutely don't know what is going on with you. You don't know why it happened. You don't even know how it happened. I know you will read history and argue the points of the slave ships, the whips, the hangings, the burnings at the stake. But those being the points of your focus doesn't tell you the hows or whys of your condition, your state of mind, your status in law and in the legal world. Think about that. Some of the people around me, one of the brothers is chief minister of law with us. He was paralegal. I'm a minister of law. I've been active and educated in commercial law since 2001. We have retired judges. Well, one in particular, we had two. Well, one is no longer with us. We have people that are one individual in particular. We've had three, but one individual in particular that is an attorney 
My point is, is we comprehend the law within us as a nation from both sides of the fence. We know how and why it works, and we know how to avoid having to go through all the the, the traumatic experiences that our people are going through claiming this sovereign nationality madness. And because the word has gotten out, we were receiving hundreds of letters all over the country from people in prison, particularly in Florida. Now, I don't know why specifically in Florida this started to circulate, but the rumor started to circulate that we as a nation, tribes of Aboriginal nations, were able to get people out of prison. I didn't start that rumor. I don't know anybody here that started that rumor, but for some reason a, a lot of people in Florida have been believing that, that we could just magically remove them out of prison just by joining on with us. No, that's not true. Can we help you get out of prison? Yes, we can. Can we guarantee you'll get out? No. I mean, you got to understand, you've already gotten yourself caught up in certain situations. If you are legitimately guilty, you're going to have to serve your time most of the time. That's a whole other issue. But I'm just stating to you some of the facts that we do have the knowledge and know-how because of both sides of the fence. Then you have those that try to come in here and steal our information. Not only did Alan Becker Bramwell apologize to us, my understanding, though, is that he didn't specifically and directly apologize to Herion our brother, for talking about him being an agent and all of that. But he and I had a conversation. He was addressing matters of our application. And because he had some disagreements with it, he sent us an email a few days later entitled Application seeking to join us. Some people have been injured by this stuff. The brother apologized. And I said to him, if you are really sincere about your apology, please do a retractment. Do a retractment on Facebook. And I also said to him, what you're doing in the name of the righteous principle of loving our people and protecting us. Practice what you preach, because if you slander somebody, particularly us, and speak falsely of us without any evidence and verification, you're doing the very same thing in misleading the people. So I said, if you're sincere, brother, do a retractment on Facebook, come talk to me, reason with us, and let's sit down and talk about a few things. And if you find that you can find evidence that points that we have done these things that you claim, that did claim, if you find that you can prove that we've been selling nationality documents, misleading people, 
them thrown in prison, making them lose their houses. None of that is true about us. We've been the ones speaking against all of that. I said, if you find any of that to be true, you have my permission personally, individually. You have my permission to go tell the whole earth because then it will be deservedly so. Then you would have sat down and talked to us or talked to me specifically as the administrator of this nation, and then you would be in the right place to speak against us because you would have firsthand knowledge, you would have evidence, and you would have had pulled your brother aside or pulled these people aside and have talked to them and acquired what you needed to be able to speak against us. And I said, as a matter of fact, if you find that out, I will help you spread that information that we're a fraud, that we've hurt people, that we've uh, sold nationality documents, caused people to lose their home, and, and done all these other different things. I told him, I will personally help you. But get your facts straight. There is some other things that he and I talked about. He had some good points. But as I'm saying, the totality of realization has it come into fruition until such time at the bare minimum that anybody can answer the questions of how and why we haven't arrived there yet. But the point is, some others are copying us, sending, trying to send in spies to gather our information. You know why there's certain things we don't put out there? Because whether you believe this or not, I want to be really honest with you, as I love you as your brother. I don't like what we've become. Matter of fact, I hate, with a perfect hate, what we have become. It's despicable. But you want to know why we don't put out certain information? Because the information itself can be a murder weapon. The brother mentioned that what they're doing, these Romans are doing, is a genocide. You know what? For people that do not want to govern themselves, if somebody is slaughtering your babies in the street every day, and your idea for a remedy is to march or complain, and it never comes into your mind, that we have to get away and separate from these people to get the hell away from these people as a remedy? If that never crosses your mind, if that never enters into your action every day, it shows you why nature selects you for termination. And if you keep up with that mind state that's against nature itself, nature's God is going to select you for extermination. Our people transgress the laws of nature. Hear me good. So what has happened to us in slavery, which is actually bond servitude, is the result of our violation of natural law and, our, and, and as we sum up natural law in Scripture, as a 613, 
or the 613 law, statutes, and commandments, as it is summed up. This is why that is relative to our condition, and this is why these are natural law violations. Idolatry is a natural law violation. It is destructive to the very soul. Idolatry, the worship of idol gods, produces mental retardation. The inability to reason truth from falsehood, reality from a fantasy world. Anytime you have people who worship things that they can't even verify and then start to try to apply that to their everyday living conditions and everyday they, every people that they meet, everyone that they come in contact with, there's something mentally wrong with them, and they must be labeled in a society that is functionally civil. They must be labeled according to the psychological, mental impairment upon which they suffer. And if nothing else, that's a form of mercy, whether you see it or not. And the reason why our people are being murdered in the streets is because of natural law violations. These are violations against the almighty, most high creator. And how do you think a people that have disobeyed the creator, that have disobeyed the most high almighty, how do you think they're going to be treated? If you don't believe that there's a real God, a real creator, that is overseeing this whole thing, I'm not talking about some man sitting in the clouds or, or, or a throne of gold and streets of milk and honey. I'm not talking about that fantasy stuff. I'm talking of, of the fact that there is an almighty creator that is nature's God expressed in modern language but is the creator of nature and the manager, maintainer, and control controller of natural disasters, natural law, and everything that happens in this universe. And then you got the people that are being treated in the condition and in the manners in which we've been treated. You have got to know that they have been cursed by their God and has been carried out. And what I'm saying to you, whether you believe in a God or not, whether you believe in Scripture or not, set that aside. Listen past that. Listen to me. All of your said conscious philosophies and ideologies and all of your religions are all idolatries and are all predominantly, or most of them are anyway, are predominantly idol God worship in one form or the other, which makes the people who follow these things mentally impaired, which is why they cannot get along with one another and unify against the very things that they call their oppressors, the very things that they call their murderers and their killers, and they're all supposed to agree upon who their enemies are and who's out to get them, but they can't agree on how to solve the problem. When the real simple solution is to come together under one accord, defend yourself against those who are coming against you, and leave these people and separate from them, and govern yourself. But what you're going to find is all the hatred, the envy, the backbiting, the backsliding, the slander, the libel. 
And you're going to find that they're made up fictitious religious idol gods are going to separate them because they are worshiping. They know not what. They worship fantasies that don't exist. Idol gods of stone and wood, of pictures and picture frames made of wood, painted gods on pictures of wood, carved out gods, likenesses in stone, carved on walls, carved in statues. And they have made these things into their gods. And they worship them, and they allow that to separate them from their very own brothers and sisters to go against those that they claim are their enemies and oppressors. There is no chance of an entire people who have all these different philosophies to unify against an enemy that comes on one accord against them. Your true solution is to go for self, self-govern, meaning set up your own government, set up your own body of law, and separate from these people that you are calling your oppressors who are slaying your children, your babies, every day, and you don't have the common sense to get away from them, you think it's so unjust what they do, well, then you do better in the justice system, not by trying to change these people because they're fixed at what they do. You've got a better chance to try to turn a bear into an alligator than try to change these people. Separate from them. And what I'm saying to you, that is what we have done here. And that is what we are building here with tribes of Aboriginal nations. Yes, we are a Hebrew nation. And that's what we stand on. But the point of it all is that you and we have to have a moral code. Because a lot of you claiming this consciousness and this noble that you're really swine eaters, fornicators, adulterers, backbiting, backsliding, scavenger-eating frauds. Hide behind noble principles so you can conduct your lusts and be self-righteous about it, commit your fornications and adultery. A lot of you talk about this polygamy stuff. It's really fornication and adultery. And if you knew what I knew, you wouldn't be so quick to try to be polygamous. Get you a woman and build with her instead of trying to be a skirt chaser in the name of some righteous principle. Oh, you know, when we lay down in the bed, that means you my wife. Yeah, but you weren't ready to take on that woman. And you go bend down all the women you can because you're really chasing the lust 
and you're not ready as a man for the responsibility of that woman mentally, spiritually, and otherwise. So your relationships in these so-called polygamies dissipate. I'm not out here looking to add any woman, women to me. And if you knew any better, you would know that the women choose the men anyway. Instead of you going out here skirt chasing and trying to bed them down. Now you make the choices the, the, the choices that are made of you if you know what the real truth is behind it, but you gotta be prepared as a man to be able to deal with multiple women and be able to sustain them and sustain their lives, not with money, but how well you can manage the lives of yourself in those sisters. How are you a broke, penniless man talking about you can be polygamous and you don't even know anything about economics, about commerce, how to conduct yourself and solve these sisters' problems and matters of, of, of commercial finance and, and, and revenue and income? You don't even know how to solve their problems? let alone solve your own, what, what, what? You'd be a fool. Listen, I'm not that kind of fool to go out here trying to add women, trying to claim some polygamous thing. I have been that in my life. But I ain't fool enough to go approaching sisters but I know the order of events of how the most high set this thing up in nature. Women choosing men. You don't find me talking to sisters sideways. Now, as a Hebrew, I have to know whether that sister or not has a man in her life so I know who I should be properly addressing. I can address her, but I, I, as a Hebrew, I have to know if she has a man or not that needs to know what I'm talking to her about because I'm not and trying to talk to this sister privately outside of her man. My job is to talk man to man and not disrespect that brother or try to come between that brothers between that brother and his woman. So I do ask that question. But I don't get personal with these sisters. I'm here to conduct a duty as a minister of law to help heal and counsel the people, not use my position as some cesspool like many of you do. Hopefully, you all got something out of this. But ultimately, what I want to say about it is we as a people have got to stop slandering one another on Facebook, on YouTube. Just keep, let's keep our mouths closed speaking against other people or organizations directly. If you want to speak about things, speak about the behavior Stop being the divisive mechanism that is benefiting our enemies. We're dividing and conquering ourselves with our lack of a proper moral code.
and idolatrous madness. How in the world can you come to the conclusion that what you're calling truth is true, but yet it keeps dividing everybody that that doesn't see it as you do. And then they're divided against you before they even meet you because they had the same idea as you. You're going in opposite directions. And there will never be a unity amongst a people like that. The people of like minds will unify. But if you're trying to unify all the people as a whole, you got a God complex that you're going to be solely and sadly disappointed in that you can't accomplish it. It is not designed for you to accomplish it. It is not written in nature for you to accomplish it. It is not your business to accomplish it. There are lion's prides, as I was taught by a former um, constituent of ours, that don't even get along with one another, and they're lions. So why is it that you think you're greater than that? And as I used to always say and still will at time to time, time to time, there are ants that don't even unify. There are ant colonies that don't unify with other ant colonies. Same beings, species. But yet you think you're going to do something that nature disallows. If we are not on one accord, we will never unify. And as long as there are people that don't even have a functional knowledge of where to begin their studies, what these things that they think they, that they know really mean, and don't even realize the savage, immoral, despicable character and behavior that they have, why would somebody that actually has civil conduct want to deal with somebody that is uncivilized? We would want to help those who are uncivilized become civilized. But if they don't want to help themselves and don't see themselves as doing anything wrong, there is no unity in those kind of conditions. I hope you understand what I'm saying. Thank you for listening. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.